Put on some clothes. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's July 19th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation audio publication, episode 114. This is No Agenda. And coming to you from the undisclosed loft location, Crackpot Command Center, also known as the Minimum Security Prison in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco. I'm Adam Curry. And from the Twitter homepage with 58,274 followers for The Real Dvorak, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Good one. We've altered our opening. Yay, creativity. <laughs> creativity. <laughs> Look out, everybody. As you told me that uh, the undisclosed loft location is actually built as a minimum security prison intended to keep me in. When appropriate. Uh, people haven't noticed this, but I noticed this a number of years ago that all these, you know, these lofts that they've been building all over the country, and San Francisco has a lot of them. If you actually take and analyze the way they're set up, and there's a couple around the corner from the Mevio offices, by the way, that. All right, the minimum security prison. After you told me that, John. Boom, we got disconnected. Mm hmm. What is it with the minimum security prisons okay, so in San I, Francisco? I, I, every, the first time I went to one of these, you know, these specially built lofts in San Francisco, I noticed that they had it had like it had. For one thing, you can't get into it except through usually one entrance or a couple of locked doors through the back. But they're extremely secure. But they're they're so secure that it's almost completely way over the top because there are apartment buildings all over the place that are built normally. Why are these places built like you know these these? They're built like prisons. They have it's impossible that you could be all you have to do is just imagine putting bars on the on the windows and then you could lock people up for as long as you want it it's so true everything here is built like a prison door too i mean it's it's um modern and it's stylish but now you know now that i think about it it's like easy to lock me in that's for sure yeah you can never get out of there i can't i don't even think i can break these windows <laughs> seriously i don't yeah, think i, I think can break through them you could jump out the window, and the but you, but they could put bars. Like I said, if you put bars up, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, I'd love to do uh, do a look and see how hard that would be because I think most of these places have got set up so you so you could easily put bars up. I think it's just to imprison people. Well, I mean, I, I the first one I ran into was like it was so much like a you know because I actually had uh, years ago had visited a couple of prisons for an article, including Folsom, and. Uh, it just reminded me so much of a prison that it was like, what is the deal? Who wants to live here? I'm thinking to myself. Oh, okay, okay. No more espresso for you, my friend. And I'm not talking about your place. Your place is roomy, at least. Yeah. But that would be the other thing is, well, so what are you complaining about? We're feeding you. You got lots, <laughs> you got of, lots room. of space. <laughs> you have a kitchen. <laughs> you got two bathrooms. What's your problem? I must say, though, a couple of things happened over the past few days that I'm, I'm really moving into survivalist mode, dude. I am, uh, we're, we're going to get water, food, cash. Well, please. Yeah, I'm t l listen. So, two things. One, you know, I still have a, um, a credit card from the UK. And you go online with your, uh, with your online bank. And they, and they already say, oh, if you're traveling. So, it used to be you could just take your credit card, your debit card, and go wherever you wanted. And it just worked. No, now these days you have to go online with your online banking provider and you have to tell them what country you're going to be in between which dates because otherwise your card won't work at all. So that's pain in the ass, number one. Of course, it's all for my protection, not for theirs, for my protection, even though they're completely liable. Um, 
And then you make like three or four purchases, and then and let's say you have a combination. This is what actually happened to me. Um, I bought uh, at two different stores, then I went online. Wait, to- wait, 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 wait. The background. What card were you using? I was using a uh, Visa debit card. From where? From the United Kingdom, from Barclays. Okay. Okay. So uh, here in San Francisco. In, uh, in San Francisco. Right. I use it at two different stores, purchases, uh, you know, a couple hundred, a uh, couple hundred both places. And then I go online to purchase tickets, and you have this uh, Visa Protection Program where after you purchase something, uh, upon checkout, it brings up a separate Visa page. It's actually an embedded, like, widget or something. And you have to, and you know, if you signed up for the Visa Protection Program, yet another security step for my protection. You have a password. And so I enter, you know, it's like the fourth, the fifth, and the tenth letter of your password. And then it says, I'm sorry, we can't complete it this time. And the card's completely blocked. And then I start getting, you know, calls from the fraud protection unit. I'm like, what, what, at what point is it just going to freaking work? You know, it's, it, well, you know, we saw that you made a couple of purchases, but I told you that I was in the United States. I used my visa protection password. Oh, yes, but it's for your protection, Mr. Curry. But the, the creepy thing is, is they just turn this on and off, it seems, at will. So that's one. And we signed up for AT&T. We got a, a BlackBerry with the AT&T, uh, AT&T as, this, as the carrier service. And, um, you know, first of all, it was almost impossible to get the World Connect uh, which is a $3 add-on monthly. So you can then, instead of paying $1.99 per minute, you pay $0.08, cents, you know, which is a normal, a normal fee to call overseas. And you select which countries you're going to call. So it took a week to get that put on, you know, because they're like, who are you? Why are you? Do you even exist? All right, whatever. So I go through, the, you know, and actually Rosie did that for me at the office. Then uh, we're in Amsterdam last week, and I get a call. Well, we've suspended your wireless accounts uh, because we need to verify you. Like, okay. And this woman who was very aggressive, by the way, and and kind of, well, not kind of, she was a Nazi. She's like, uh, okay, uh, what other addresses did you live in in New Jersey? I said, I've only lived in one address in New Jersey. Well, how about, uh, and she named all these places like Fairfield and uh, and Bergen and all these different counties. I said, nope, never lived there. Nope, never lived there. How about Great Neck, New York? Nope, never lived there. Well, this is all according to your credit report. I said, well, what credit report is it? Well, it's uh, it's based on your social security number. I said, well, you have my social security number, you know, so, you know, you should know. Well, since you can't answer the questions correctly, we have to keep you suspended. Like, but I'm answering the questions correctly. I didn't live there. That's not me. <laughs> this is me, you know, and, and, I, and I go through the, you know, there are two addresses which did um, occur. I've only lived in two places in the States previous to this. So he's like, uh, no service for you. Okay, no service for me. So we get back. <laughs> we need to get you got to clip that one. <laughs> so, so we get, so we get back, and there's like a seven hundred dollar bill, which is <laughs> which of course is you know is mainly because uh, we couldn't get the you know the World Connect option or whatever. So we made a number of calls, and there's, there's a, you know, the two wireless cards are also on that bill. It's all under on, on one bill. So I pay the seven hundred and fifty dollars, whatever it is, and they turn their service back on. <laughs> like so, no, no, no verification, whatever. And yesterday, the thing's not working. I call up. I said, "Well, uh, yeah, have you spoken to the fraud, to the fraud division?" I said, "No, I haven't spoken to the fraud division." I said, "Well, you know, you have to fax us uh, your passport and your lease agreement and a utility bill." And 
I'm like, you took my frickin' money, turned it back on, and then turned it back off again. I said, you guys are horrible. Well, you know, we're so sorry. And, you know, so now I'm just in this, this, this of course, AT&T is the government. As You know, they're, they're all connected. They use each other for their own business, wiretapping, etc. It's like they have too much control. I mean, we just have to resort to having lots of cash, having gold as a backup, having lots of water, lots of food, and tin cans with string. Because I don't know how else we're going to communicate. And it's just frightening. These guys turn your shit on and off at will. Oh, AT&T is the worst. I just got a note from somebody who was bitching the AT&T with a bunch of memos and sending them out to all the editors. And I got a, the biggest kick out. I should bring it up and read it because this guy's got the same kind of thing, just the company screwed up. They won't respond to anything. They're screwing them over. And it goes on and on. And I was I re- recall the day uh, I had uh, gotten into some beef with AT&T, and I had tried to find a public relations department. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. And then I said, I can't. Do, it's impossible to work with these people. So I wrote this scathing column in PC Magazine during, you know, when they had like a hardcover edition going out to a million people. <laughs> and it's like, uh, nothing. And nobody called. Nobody no, cared. No. Well, I will say, remember when <laughs> I had the weirdest thing. When I had the DSL line problems, I, I will hand out a little prop to, not specifically to AT&T. Uh, you know, I was Twittering. I'm like, you know, this is crazy. These guys are messed up. It's all screwed up. And then uh, one guy who's a systems programmer within a- within AT and T sent me a note. He said, "Adam, just give me the uh, give me the number that you're having problems with because we are allowed to become a consumer advocate. Apparently, they have a program within AT and T where anyone who hears of some customer having a problem can become an automatic customer." advocate and they can escalate stuff up pretty highly and i have to say i gave the, the guy my number because you know he had wrote a beautiful email and um you know he explained how the whole program worked and within an uh, within a day everything was fixed then all of a sudden you know stuff came together and it just worked so but of course I was, i'm still getting calls from at&t saying uh is your line working you know we have a trouble to close all tickets please don't touch a thing it's working fine so somewhere within AT&T, of course, there are great people who work there and who want to help and get get things done. But in general, it's it is an it is the Third Reich. Yeah, it's a pretty crummy operation. That's why I like Comcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'd I'd love to get some get me some Comcast. That would be beautiful. They're not letting you. <sighs> AT&T, like I said the other day, uh, has their big offices up the street from where you are, yep, and, street, which is also right. the CIA place, yep. and uh, they have to keep an eye on you, so you're not going to get any Comcast. Yeah, John was nice enough to drive uh, Mickey and I out to uh, a, a specific bank outside of San Francisco, because, of course, I don't want to be a part of the government banks, which are Bank of America, Citibank, etc. And on the way back, you know, John's doing this whole this whole shtick, like, yeah, yeah, don't let this guy get any Comcast. Comcast, yeah, we got to get him hooked up to our service <laughs> so we can listen in on him. And you think I'm wrong? No. No, 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 you're not. So just to change the topic for the people out there so we don't keep pounding, we're going to talk about swine flu in a little while because we've got, you know, both of us have apparently spent the whole week <laughs> looking at swine good. flu. Yeah. But, you know, it was something we keep putting off. Week- oh, by the way, before we do that, so there was Obama was at the All Star Game. Oh jeez! Oh man, I, I I had this on my list. I have the clip now ready. I, in so fact, I've got it now. I have so the clip. So here's the deal. So so I, th- this is actually a, a complaint about the media again. Yes. 
Obama comes out uh, to throw out the first pitch. And by the way, they had a clip of him on another show throwing out a first pitch years ago. He does throw like a girl. It's the gayest pitch you've ever seen in my life. But here's the but here's the thing. I was I I didn't until I saw the older pitch. I thought, well, maybe it's because he's so constricted. Because right. he was wearing so much body armor, <laughs> he was. He looked like the Michelin <laughs> Man, and nobody pointed this out. I saw that immediately. The guy is like completely flak jacketed out. He's got he's got Kevlar underwear on. Yeah, so he's got these. They, they criticized him on all these shows for wearing mom jeans, no, you know, it's, these it's, big fronted, old fashioned <laughs> jeans an old woman would wear, and and then the, he had the white socks, uh, a white socks uh, warm up coat, which yeah. was huge yeah, because he had Kevlar, <laughs> and, and he obviously had a bunch of stuff wrapped around his legs. I'm surprised he could walk, yeah. and so he comes, you know, waddling out, and not one media person says. Wow, this guy's really Kevlar up. <laughs> I know they're so stupid. Well, it's not really media; it's it's the fourth uh, branch of government. Whatever they are, they're they're lousy at their job. It's getting worse. Mm. But it, but he does even with all that crap on, which I can understand. He that's why I thought he was like, well, he had so much. He was so armored up that no, he no, no. Could, when you, when like you look at the, when you look at the pitch and you and you analyze it. It is exactly like girls throw overhand because girls, I think, aren't built actually to be able to throw throw a ball that way, and it's just like, uh, it was, uh. you can see my arm doing it, right? Uh. It's like pushing it through the air. Yeah, well, when I saw him do the earlier pitch, like from years earlier, somebody had on one of the shows they had a bunch of different people showing them throwing. I mean, like George Bush, who who was owned a baseball team, throws like a normal strike. man. He threw a strike when he did the opening uh, pitch. It's not that hard. It's not that far. It's only sixty feet, for God's sake. But but they showed Mariah Carey, which was the absolute <laughs> best one. <Yeah. laughs> she planted the ball. I swear to God, about one foot in front of her. Yeah, <laughs> kabunk. Right in spike. front of her, and it didn't even but, roll. Mariah, <laughs> it's not football. You're not supposed to spike it. You're supposed to throw it. <laughs> it was hilarious. But I know, and I want to say, I'm not the most masculine guy in the world, okay? And I think that if I went out with all this body armor and Kevlar, and you're nervous, you know, you, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure I would throw a wild pitch, but it would at least it would look kind of manly. Well, I'm saying if you're gonna, if you really are nervous, you don't think you can hit the somewhere within the range of the catcher. Fire went over his head. Yeah, right. Just I mean, it, it looks like you know, look like a, a wild pitch that's just a, a rocket over his head. Just throw it as hard as you can, and, like a and, bullet. And may I, may I point out that I did not see anywhere in the news media anything but his pitch. The cameras did not switch to the catcher. You do not see him. You do not see where the ball goes. Yeah, no, you do. I saw it numerous times. I didn't times. see. I didn't see it. Well, yeah, I it landed. Find it, it was a big looping pitch that landed about two feet in front of the plate, coming down. <laughs> well, really. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find that, really. So yeah, you, no, it's all over. The catcher had to actually step over the plate and catch the ball in front of the plate. Well, Fox didn't show it, and Fox is complicit in this, and we'll get to that. I think we're probably talking about the same thing, so go ahead. Well, that was it. I just wanted to, to talk about the body armor and the fact that nobody noticed. Ah. Uh, by the way, Bill Gates, when he gave the first, threw a first pitch out some years ago at a game, I talked to one of the, the athletes that was at the game. He said they had to take Bill behind somewhere, I guess, in some training area, and show him how to throw, because he couldn't throw at all. <laughs> the bullpen. So producer Jack Hockman uh, sent me this clip, and he said, uh, you know, so after this first pitch, and this was on Fox, 
um, they roll out this, uh, well, you could call it a PSA, but I'll just call it a commercial. And and you really see how things tie in. And this, you might as well start looking at the website, John, serve.gov, because that's a part of this. I'll play a bit of this clip here. They are the brightest stars in the game that has for generations been at the center of our national life. Heirs to a tradition of iconic heroes and groundbreaking pioneers. Sportsmen whose skill and determination... So what you're seeing here is you're seeing all uh, classic uh, baseball footage. Role models whose resilience and focus have inspired us when we needed it most. Okay, let me fast forward to the good bits here. ...can to give them that chance to give... Those are just five of the 30 All-Stars among us being honored tonight. They, in turn, are just 30 of the thousands of Americans who were nominated by their families, friends, and neighbors for this honor. So many Americans just like them are eager to serve. Wait for it. And we're doing everything we can to give them that chance to give back and help us meet our nation's most pressing challenges. I hope tonight's showcase of service will be an inspiration, a model for what is possible, and a call to action. You can answer that call by going to serve.gov to find out how you can get involved in service activities in your local area. Now, if you go to serve.gov, and and you'll never get through all of it today, John, because it goes so deep, and you see that there's all kinds of big pharmaceutical guys on the board of serve.gov. This is a complete wind-up, just to use a baseball analogy, um, for the whole Give Act and for the uh, enslavement of our children. This is a part of the uh, mandatory volunteerism. And it's, uh, they're playing it through sports, which is really, uh, really smart. Well, it may have been smarter some years ago since nowadays kids don't care about sports. But mm. that's a funny idea. The, uh, you know, this is interesting to me because I've noticed, and I, because I, I started picking this up. There was somebody on the other day, too. I've been w- watching some of these shows, and, and there's a lot more mentions than I can recall in, in, in the last few years of, uh, the Peace Corps. Yeah, the, yeah keep, that's, that's one of I the, was in the Peace Corps, yeah, and it's yeah. the greatest thing I ever did. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look at serve.gov, and uh, I wonder if this cost $18 million to this do. This website? <laughs> oh, they actually have this video now on the homepage. Okay. Um, but you want to go to um, aboutserve.gov. And then, um, where was it? Oh, no, I can't find everything. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Serve.gov is managed by the Corporation for National and Community Service at nationalservice.gov. Now, have you ever heard of the corp? What it, if if you say corporation, it, doesn't that imply it's a a money maker? A, mo- a money maker doesn't that imply something for profit? Am I crazy when I when I I'm read not this? Seeing that, I'm looking at aboutserve.gov. Blah blah blah. Where is it? Um, oh, it's managed by the corporation for now. Na- okay. So then They're you go right. to nationalservice.gov. I mean, this this is what I mean. You get you get down, and this is all like. It's one thing after another it's after energy, another. How much money guys, are they wasting on this crap? And it's energy guys, it's pharma guys, it's 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 like the government and big business just up each other's ass. 
Right, but now they want you to work for free. For free. And 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 we want to sign into law that you will work for free. You will work for free. There's all the unionism crap that should be going on with the Democrats. You don't hire Democrats to do this stuff with corporations. Come on. You will obey. Uh, what's the A and the L? Huh? There's like stories of service, and they have these little, like, these look, look like buttons that you'd get you'd receive one has an a on it one has an l on it well, anyway, I was looking people at the, can go and look at this on their own yeah, time this I, is ridiculous i was looking at the national service timeline which of course starts with the co- cooperative education movement founded at the university of cincinnati in 1903 go figure well, that's a slow-moving timeline. <laughs> but Here we it, are now. It's 106 years. But there's this uh, AmeriCorps. There's all this stuff in here, man. And it's, and it's all leading up to mandatory volunteerism. Here's the yeah, mandatory. <laughs> mandatory. You will volunteer. No. You know what it means. You will obey. I just want to hop back to uh, to to the system of credit cards and debit cards, etc. Um, pretty interesting blog post by um, producer Dennis Cruz, and uh, he's unemployed at the moment. And uh, I think we have talked about this on a previous episode of the show. You know, back in the day, John, have you ever been unemployed in the United States? Have you ever collected unemployment? Yeah, years and years ago, I did. And and how was your unemployment given to you? You have to go in, and it, it comes as a check, but you have to go and check in all the time, and, and they, they, they used to be really uh, tough on you. It comes as a check, you say. Well, that would be the important point. It no longer comes as a check. Uh, you get a Visa debit card. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we, have, we haven't, I don't think we talked about this, but I know about this. Yeah, so you don't get a check anymore that you can cash. No, you get a Visa debit card, which, by the way, if you don't use your money within, I think, a six-month time period, it goes away. They take it away. Now, of course, it being a Visa, a Visa debit card, every single time you use this debit card, there's, a, I think, a 2% fee that Visa is making. Yeah, I mean, they're making money off of the unemployment system. Just how much unemployment is spent every single year is given to people who need it, and then take two percent of that. Don't you love these guys? I fucking hate them. I I want them all to die. I really it pisses me off. This is this is an outrage. So Bytelaw just sent me this note, by the way, since just before we leave the other topic. Gerald Walpin, who was the Inspector General for the Corporation of National Community Service until President Obama fired him, argues in the lawsuit that the firing has politically motivated and broke a 2008 law governing how watchdogs can be dismissed. Uh-huh. Anyway. So, on this, so, so now I'm getting interested in these credit cards, right? And I go to WhiteHouse.gov because I, I – I, I, hey, it's uh, that probably cost $100 million to build – and uh, and I'm looking at the featured legislation, and so of course there's the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act, which which I love. Uh, you should read, you know. And here's what the White House is doing, which is really interesting. If you go to featured legislation on the homepage, this was signed May 22nd, by the way. The Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure Act, acronym being CARD, and you click on it, then it takes you to a page which shows you a video of the president. Uh, you know, talking about it, and it gives you the White House summary 
Okay, it gives you the summary, and this, and I get, of course, I get immediately suspicious. It's like you're going to give me a summary, which of course is what all journalists will go. Oh, that's really handy. I don't actually have to look at the bill. I could just read the summary. Where are you getting these voices? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, that's a good one. I'm channeling. You should just do a whole show with that voice. <laughs> And uh, so, hold on, I had to open it up in a different browser because, of course, it doesn't, the White House doesn't work in opera. <laughs> Can you believe that? And, hello? John? Yes. You still there? Okay. Right. Well, I, I was. I got a little free. Well, now it's, now, now it's not loading. Anyway, if you can look at that site for me, you'll see that nowhere is there a link on that page to the actual bill. Well, where's the transparency? Where's the bill? Well, you have to then Google it. Oh, well, that stinks. So here it is. So here's the new era for credit cards, and then it has you know the signing of the bill, and then uh, the White House fact sheet, okay? And, and if you look at this page, nowhere is there a link. So then I click on White House fact sheet, and it's a press release, and it gives you the highlights, which, of course, is all the good stuff, and not anywhere is there a link to the actual bill, which, of course, you then, you then Google it, and we may have talked about this, but it's good to remind people that this bill actually allows credit card companies to build an entire profile on you based upon your purchases and to give that information to the government. So they, they, they trump up this whole thing like, oh, yeah, now, now, the, now, of course, the banks are going to protect me and the credit card companies, they don't want to screw me. You know, like the, they can't raise rates and do all these horrible things. But in the fine print, that's where you read what's actually going on is now we, can, now we can track you. In fact, we're obliged to track you and to report back to the government on everything we find about uh, you. A dossier. A dossier, indeed. So I'm like I'm you know I'm just going back to cash and I you know it's back to cash. I just rather walk Actually, around we've, with, had, we've done that kind of in our family for for reasons we don't have any Visa or Mastercards we do have American Express mm -hmm. and uh, of course because they went almost went out of business themselves they lowered everybody's limits to next to nothing yeah. but by the way I've traveled all over the world with my American Express card and I still do and they 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 track you of course but then they can kind of tell where you are especially if you it's the only card you're using. Using. And I've never really had it rejected, in it, except once about 15 or 20 years ago when I was trying to log into something that required a credit card, uh, and it kept screwing over the number, and I tried it two or three or four times, and it just stopped the account mm -hmm. because it looked like I was hacking it, but um, or hacking a password. You, and you entered too many times? Yeah, but it's only. But I've never had a problem. And it just always surprises me because I'll, you know, I'll have somebody, you know, I like I have to give a speech someplace, and everything's like prearranged for me, so I don't even buy a ticket. So American Express doesn't know that I have an airline ticket, and I end right. up in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, and, and then they go, "Whoops, how did he get no, there?" No, it's never a problem. They just oh. say, "Well, this guy travels a lot, and you know, this makes some sense," and they let it go. Well, By the way, I'm I'm going to repeat this for people who haven't heard one of the earlier shows, and and you can test this for yourself because I heard a lecture. From the American Express folks once about uh, fraud and how they deal with it, and uh, the one of the one of the best ways if you want to test somebody's card and you want to get their card killed on the spot, the, you do the following: you get two separate gasoline tanks full. Of, you get two <laughs> yeah. fill up two gas tanks you have full. Mentioned this, yeah, I like this one. You get to, you go fill up a tank of gas and then bring your buddy over there and fill up his tank and then go buy some Nike tennis shoes. <laughs> because that is what all the hip hoppers do when they steal a card. 
the guy says the, 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 the profile is the same. As soon as they steal the card, they start filling up their buddies' gas tanks, <laughs> which I think is yeah. kind of noble. Of course and it then is. They it's figure, like, well, it's hell, like Robin Hood. Let's go buy some price tennis shoes. <laughs> it's like Robin Hood. That's the way it should be. Hey, pretty girl looking for new friends, stop Skyping me, okay? Just stop. I hate it when people do that. Um about, about, about American Express, the problem I have is that many uh, stores won't take American Express anymore because American Express's fees, I believe, are closer to 3 or 4% versus Visa MasterCard. Yeah, or, that's always been the or problem. Or they'll say, hey, yeah, you can use American Express, but I'm going to put the surcharge on you. Yeah, actually, it's, 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 I find it to be not that often that that, that happens. I, don't buy, I, I actually try to use cash. Oh, there we go again. There's your router, John. I'm telling you. Or maybe we're getting too close to the truth. I might as well just hang up. It's not even going to be worth trying right now. Oh, oh, are you back? Hello? Yeah. Oh, you were gone for a second no. there. Okay, well, I was going to make a note and then fix that in the post. I'm not going to fix that because the minute we get close to the truth, that's when all of a sudden the audio goes away. So we, I deal with a little bank in the West Coast called Mechanics Bank, and they rebate all the service charges that these ATMs. I really scam. don't understand why you're going to mention the name of the bank. That that makes no sense to me. Are are you looking for trouble? They call you at home. So the uh, no, I'm looking to plug this bank. The point is, is that I've used this ATM card all over the place worldwide and i'm always getting get i never have any issues at all it's just uh, i mean in that's because Europe. it's a private bank they're not selling out to the government the government doesn't own them like the like the, the government like that's supposed to be us owns bank of america owns Citibank. what else do they own what other banks they own everything don't don't we don't we own everything now well they're owning a lot of real estate real estate insurance automobiles uh, from one of our producers, hey, you guys mentioned that all Obama does is TV appearances. Hello, don't you guys remember there are two Obamas? <laughs> I don't know why they didn't put the other Obama out there to throw the baseball. <laughs> yeah, they should have put the, the athletic Obama out there to do it. <laughs> the, the one who dribbles the basketball and makes three-pointers. See, I'm having trouble kind of putting these two things together. The guy can shoot, can dribble and shoot a three-point jumper. Yeah. But he can't throw a baseball? Is it, there's got to be two Obamas. Good point. Very good point. Ooh, I like that. We had our first uh, hate crime guilty verdict in uh, Onondaga County. No, oh, that's not the first. They haven't, they've had in this in Onond California in for decades. In Onondaga County, just because we were talking about it, and we were trying to figure out what the difference was between a regular crime and a hate crime, apparently it's... Uh, Regular, the regular killing, second-degree murder, is 15 years to life, and because it was a hate crime, it's 20 years to life. Like, it makes a difference. By the That's... way, this was a, an African-American citizen who killed a transgendered person. Huh. Isn't that like minus and minus equals plus or something? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> okay, so here we go. You went to a raw food restaurant we need to review. Yes, sick of waiting. <laughs> this is the uh, the restaurant called Alive. It's in uh, San Francisco. Um, of course, now I don't know exactly where it is. You could look it up for me, John, while I'm doing the review. Uh, or I could look it up real 
No, go ahead. Do the review. Every time you go on the web, the thing dies on you. Bullshit. It's your connection. In fact, don't, don't, don't go to the website because we'll just lose the connection. No, this, there's, I think there's only there's one other place in San Francisco that does raw food, uh, but that's more like a takeaway place. It's a, it's a bar slash takeaway. This is on Lombard, down in yes, the middle of nowhere. Lombard, down in the middle of nowhere. And it only has six or seven tables. And the whole idea behind, and I, and I took Mickey there because she's really into all kinds of, you know, macrobionic stuff, as I call it. And um, I said, oh, you, you'll probably like this. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, I love raw food. And, and they have a menu, and everything you get is made of, well, obviously, raw food. But they put on the menu things like hamburger, pasta, and you're thinking like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll try a, a raw food uh, pasta. That could be kind of cool. a raw hamburger. Yum. <laughs> no. Well, the guy next to me who had also never been to this place, he had the hamburger and his face was priceless. I think he might have been a VC or something, you know, a divorced VC. He looked kind of like lonely and hopeless, but yet incredibly wealthy. And and he was having the hamburger. I was having the pasta. And 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 it looks like pasta, right? You're like, oh, this is interesting. It's like some pasta, and then you stick your fork in it, and that's when you realize it ain't pasta. It's like shaved beet or something, and it's <laughs> shaved beet. And they make it look like Ooh, pasta. yum. And they make it look like pasta, and then they fill it up. Well, because I did ask a lot of questions. Their standard or their secret sauce is uh, sunflower seed puree. They make everything out of sunflower seed puree. So instead of a pasta, you know, a, a ravioli actually is what I asked for. Instead of a ravioli um, uh, piece of pasta with filling of meat or mushrooms or whatever, it's this sunflower seed puree. Now, I will say that the taste of everything was outstanding. It's just the freakiness. And the guy next to me thought he was getting like maybe a veggie burger or something. You know, there's no bread in, in the raw food world. You know, again, it's like some concoction of mushrooms and, and stuff. And it looks like a hamburger, but you pick it up, it falls apart. You know, you try to eat it and you think you're sinking your teeth into something. It just isn't what you think it is. But, John, I will have to say... Quite enjoyable, quite delicious. The organic wines were very nice. The price was an outrage. I think we spent $120 for one dinner with just the two of us. Well, we spent more than that. <clears throat> yeah, but then we're drinking like, you know, $80 wine. Uh, no, no, this was very, very expensive, which I guess makes sense. But Why uh, would it make sense? All that raw stuff that goes into this food is the stuff that ends up getting cooked. No, why? Why it makes no? I disagree. Uh, try and buy real raw. Try and source really good food, raw food. Try and go ahead. Go to. Have you been to Whole Foods recently? Have you just purchased anything there? Can you see how expensive this shit is? If we you don't want, go to Whole Foods. Whole Foods is big, organic, as um, Michael Pollan would put it. Yeah, but okay. So we haven't quite set up the infrastructure. We haven't quite figured out where to go. But if you want stuff that is non-genetically modified, if you want stuff that is actually healthy for you, then you're pretty much locked into that unless you, you know, unless you're like John and you know all the farmers and you visit the 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 farms you know which i don't have time for being a busy executive uh it's expensive it's expensive to get real whole food like the natural stuff which which just gave me the idea for your next little tour that you're going to take in the next couple of weeks ah what's that where are we going uh there's a there's a there's a farm up in uh 
the Fairfield uh, Sassoon Valley area. Mm-hmm. That is a, a huge, by the way. It's a pick. You go in and you just pick whatever. You, they got tomatoes and beans and everything growing, and you just go out in the field and grab buckets oh, full of this stuff, and then I you come it. in and then you, they weigh it. You, you pay five bucks and you're out of there. I love it. Well, we're going up to Big Basin today, or down, or wherever it is. Yeah, no, Big no Basin. If it's there. open, I hope it's open. I looked, I well, no, I looked at the website. It's open, but you can only smoke in your car. Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be smoking, and this, when you go there, you'll see why. It's a lot of trees. I just wanted to give you some uh, some real news, news you can use. A fantastic article, Ayal Shavit sent this to me, who sometimes listens to the show, and other times he's just running technology at Mevio. Uh, this is from uh, uh, from All Things D, I guess, from that group of guys. Google says YouTube can start making real money very soon. Really? I just cracked up when I saw the title. Uh, what's interesting about this is how much money they're losing on, uh, on YouTube. So I'll just give you some basic stats. Users are uploading 15 hours of video per minute to YouTube. 15 hours per minute. Think about the resources needed wow. to, to transcode it, to store it, etc. The company, because they just did a, uh, even though they didn't specifically mention the numbers in their uh, quarterly conference call, and this, by the way, is a quote from Eric Schmidt saying, yay, we're going to make some real money real soon on that thing. Estimates are they are losing half a billion dollars a year on the YouTube service. Half a billion. So I'd say make copies of the shit you upload to YouTube because it will go away. This cannot last forever. Well, they're going to have to do something. I think what they, they're going to have to do, and I, I believe this will, will happen, they're going to say, look. Listen. You're going to, yeah, look. Let, let me be clear. You're going to have to pay 10 bucks a month to use the service. Yeah, and then no one's going to do it, and then it's going to start. It's well, the suck. people who use the service for blogs, I would pay the t- I'd pay the ten bucks in a minute because I, I upload enough stuff that I like to put on the blog. That the ten buck fee for having somebody cover the bandwidth of a video is well worth it. Yes, true, but you could do it to Mevio completely for free. Yeah, no, I could. I've I've uploaded a bunch of stuff to Mevio too. Oh really? I'm just saying for How most nice people. <laughs> by the well, I'm just saying the other thing you guys won't take. The, I think they're taking two gigabyte files, HD files. Now. No, we take that. We we no. I think we we'll certainly do a gigabyte. Yeah, I think so. Um, producer John Steck sent a great uh, uh, article in the uh, Wall Street Journal, which um, is about the top prisons in the United States. Um, <laughs> he's calling it the Enron prisons. Uh, where do uh, where do the good guys go when they go to prison? Where did all the Enron guys? Are you leaving, hon? No. Where did uh, they go? Uh, well, of course they're uh, probably in one of these uh, apartment buildings that you're living in. No, 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 no. Uh, they go to Colorado. They're not going to Supermax, though. No. Hold on a second. Here's the uh, so this is article. Uh, the Bureau of Prisons didn't grant Madoff his first choice and rebuffed the judge's recommendations. Why? And when you read through this article, so, of course, Madoff wanted to go to the Enron prison, which is where all these guys are, uh, went. And it's yeah, all, you can hang it's out all, with them. It's all in Denver. Hey, yeah. Bernie! <laughs> but when, <laughs> when you look in a little bit deeper, uh, 
Fastow and Skillings, now these are the Enron guys, both in their respective Colorado prisons. Where did Ken Lay die before moving to the Bush Ranch in Paraguay? In the Colorado prison. And where has the CIA relocated their HQ? To Colorado. Dude, this is, this is the new Gitmo Nation Central. Oh, yeah. Well, you always had this theory about Colorado, which I'm not going to argue too much against because of those crazy artworks that are at that Denver airport, which kind of indicate something's weirds going on. And people who kept telling us about the, the layers and, you know, there's apparently underground bunkers and all kinds of stuff around there, which is makes sense. So, I mean, why would they put that airport there anyway? Now, the uh, the possibility of, you know, since... I kind of subscribe to the to the notion that uh, uh, Lay was, you know, just had no really didn't have a heart attack and is in you know somewhere in South America or whatever. And if they, if there may have a, actually a structure for this sort of thing in Colorado, that's why Madoff wanted to get there. And the judge saw through this and said, "No, you're going down to North Carolina or wherever they sent him." Yeah, they did send him to, to the Carolinas. So he's screwed. But he, well, because he probably didn't share. Um, let's see who else. <laughs> didn't share the wealth. <laughs> Adelphia Communications founder. Bernie, John- where's my cut? <laughs> yeah, Adelphia Communications founder John Regas, his son Timothy, both to uh, Colorado. I mean, this is this is where all the big crooks go, which is is kind of interesting that Madoff didn't get sent. Although his his uh, lawyer tried to get him sent to Colorado, but it, what was it, the movie? It was the. Um, the Gotti story was that a TV movie? Was it a series? Remember about John Gotti? Uh, no, I don't. It was probably a movie. Well, who knows? I don't uh, know. Oh shit, man! No, uh, it was it was based on. I can't remember now. But uh, no, it made, it made Goodfellas. No, Goodfellas. That's what it was. Where they're all sitting in prison and they, you know, they've got cigarettes, they've got all oh, right, yeah. I mean, that's what's happening, right? They just sit there and they just cool off for a little while, and they're all cooking, they're making you know great dinners for each other, and then they get out, right? But you have to look. You really have to look. It's in the show notes, of course, at noagenda.mevio.com and uh, noagenda.squarespace.com, and uh, and you'll see uh, how obvious it is where uh, if you do share, unlike Bernie. If you do share, then you you get hooked up and you get sent to the right place. I'd say it's uh, more than time now, John. Uh, well, let's see. We have a couple of things first. Um, I want to get this one thing out of the way. And get it. I want to just run some numbers by it before we get the swine flu. Okay. Uh, they, somebody came out and did an analysis of the billions of dollars uh, it, that account in other words our california is an agricultural state yeah. and somebody broke down the uh, the production in california what it's worth what the crops are worth top of the list was milk and cream 7.3 billion and then dollars worth of milk and cream we are a cheese producer uh grapes which i would assume all the wine industry 3.1 billion dollars worth of you know grapes that's number two on the list. So the number one is like seven. Milk and, and cream, milk and cream. Then and then a nursery, which is I guess people you know selling plants and stuff. It's sort of amazingly three point one billion. Lettuce in the state of California accounts for two point two billion, and marijuana. What do you think marijuana comes in at? I'm going to say about uh, one point five to two billion. Seventeen billion. Holy shit! Seventeen billion dollars. <laughs> That's more than the rest combined. Uh, it truly is the state of milk and honey. 
Oh my God! So the the point is, they think they can at least get 1.4 billion in taxes if the people would just let you know the reality of the situation. Oh my God! You know, it used to be 18 billion until I stopped smoking. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm I'm not against it. I still think it's a wonder drug and I and I think that we or a wonder herb, let's put it that way, and we haven't figured out how many beautiful things we can do with it outside of, you know, hemp production, which would be you can run cars on hemp, you can make all kinds of things out of hemp. Um it's uh it, it's a it's a magical magical plant. Uh, I just uh, wound up abusing it. All right, so let's get on with the uh, discussion, which is well. Of course, it's about swine flu, and there's so many different um, so many different stories going on right now. Um, but I kind of latched onto and something John and I were working on actually at the office. We were working on the whole idea of the adjuvant, which uh, was pointed out to us. Adjuvant is kind of the hamburger helper of vaccinations. Right. You can listen to last week's show for an explanation. By the way, my wife says to me, I thought you knew about these things. Is that the voice she has? I mean, that's really hot. Does she say, does she like, <laughs> John, bang me really hard, John. I mean, how, is that how she talks? I mean, that's, I'm, I'm really getting <laughs> turned you on. you knew about adjuvants. You didn't <laughs> I'm really She's excited. I, I can't wait to meet her now. I mean, that, that voice is just, I can only imagine the, the beautiful yeah. face that goes with the voice. Yeah. It's no wonder she lives in a different state from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, now, of course, John, being a, a, a former chemist, uh, amongst his many other vocations, uh, really does understand adjuvants. And uh, let me just give a quick layman's uh, explanation, in case you didn't listen to 113, is the adjuvant is, is put into vaccines to actually help your immune system go into a kind of overdrive mode, to f combat whatever is in your system. So the, the basic principle is give someone the actual uh, virus, which is what a vaccine is. It's a, it's a version of the virus that's put into your body. Attenuated. That, uh, what, uh, I mean, toned down? Yeah, it's okay. it's like a dead, either dead, it's like dead or, right? Okay, but it, or, but it but it is the actual structure of the virus, and then you basically hype up your body. So that your body goes in overdrive, which is why a lot of people get fevers, etc., right after they get a, any kind of vaccination. And your body then is going into overdrive mode to create all the antibodies, etc., that's necessary to fight this off really quickly and then be immune, supposedly, to any future versions of the virus. That's why I think the hamburger helper, by the way, when I told Mickey about the actual existence of hamburger helper, she almost shit herself. She felt so bad for poor people in America. Uh, which is like, baby, I grew up on Hamburger Helper. So, um, but the, but now that we have all these different stories that there's not going to be enough vaccine for everybody, but they're just going to fill up more of these vaccinations with these adjuvants. Add to that that the United States just purchased last week or in the last week over a billion dollars of adjuvants. And that the stories have been coming out very, very quickly saying, well, the, the people who will die the first from swine flu or Mexican flu, should you live in Europe, um, will be teenagers. And, of course, teenagers already are very active and their bodies are changing. And you throw in too much adjuvants in there and they can actually, their bodies can kill themselves. True or false, Mr. Dvorak, Dr. Dvorak? Well, here's what bothers me about the whole thing. Uh, when you start looking, I've read too much about adjuvants over the last week. And the thing that bothers me the most, because it keeps coming up right at the top, is the fact that they don't know how or why they work. 
Ooh. Uh, and this is and the and the other thing that that keeps coming up to the top. You, you know, there's all these different articles out there, and I have a bunch of them here. I'm going to talk about. Uh, is that really there hasn't been a new adjuvant added to the uh, arsenal? Since 1930, what is a typical Ascent- adjuvant, John? What to- they're, they're, they're all this, they're, the adjuvant that's used is pretty much the same. Alum, it's a, a aluminum hydroxide. So which, aluminium, aluminium hydroxide, and uh, that's been in use since around the turn of the century. Isn't it? And they don't know why it works, but they know that they can develop other ones. And there's a whole bunch of experimental ones, a ton of them, including the big Whopper, which is the one we're, I'm going to talk about in a second from Novartis. Which is, what Nov- the, which is what the government bought from. They bought from Novartis AG. Yeah, because Novartis makes a flu vaccine, and they also make an adjuvant that is um, uh, experimental. And I believe, by the way, the reason – the two things that, has ha- that have happened that conf- kind of confirm this theory, which is I believe that they have called the swine flu vaccine experimental is because they're going to use a non-approved adjuvant – the one from Novartis, uh, in in this mix. And I'd like to point out that according to uh, AP, the pharmaceutical companies have been granted immunity for, uh, for anything, for any uh, liability, and this was a document that uh, Sibelius signed last month, grants immunity to those making a swine flu vaccine under the provisions of a 2006 law for public health emergencies. In other words, uh, the last time this uh, this whole swine flu came about in 1976, a lot of people died from uh, what's the name of the disease, John? The- Guillaume Barre. Guillaume, is that how you pronounce it? Guillaume. No, it's just, Guillaume it's, Barre. My wife gave me crap about that too. She said that we can't pronounce anything. We're idiots. But how did she say it? I can't remember. That how she talks? I just want to make sure I got the voice down. <laughs> Now you're gonna. Now I'm screwed for the next week, thanks to you. <laughs> I think you're not screwed, is what we're talking yeah, what about. So, so uh, but, even, but so this Guillaume Barre, there were lots of lawsuits, and of course the the makers of the vaccine had to shell out all this money. So now they have been uh, indemnified from any lawsuits should right. this experimental adjuvant kill people. Right, and the adjuvant we're looking for is MF-59. You can look it up yourself. And MF-59 is a whack job of an adjuvant. They think it's going to do great things. And by the way, when you start looking into adjuvants, you'll find there's a whole slew of these from these different pharma companies that they're experimenting with. And the thing that they do is that they use them in... in uh, animal medications. In other words, when your dog gets a shot, it probably has an experimental adjuvant that they're, they're testing on these animals in real time because these things are out there. And Because you, you keep reading about, oh, it's, it's only used for animals. It's only used for animals. Why is it used for animals? Because they ha- they have, they're trying to get clinical data so they can sell these because this could be worth a fortune because the idea is if you can find one where you can use your one-tenth as much of the virus or the, the, the attenuated virus, you can really stretch you know it's stretching the budget you know this is the hamburger helper theory mm-hmm. and um, so anyway so they've got this mf-59 which you know they're going to use and that's why this is called experimental the flu the vaccine itself is not experimental they just make them the same old way but when you start doing weird stuff like this yeah now it's quote-unquote experimental and then they have to give them the lie you know they have to indemnify them and they do that too and so god knows what's going to happen this is basically since here's the way i'm seeing it these pharma 
pharmaceutical companies have seen that the FDA is holding pat on we're not going to approve anything that's an adjuvant because we, you don't even know how these things work. And so they said since 1930. So they say, okay, we're, let's do it this way. We'll make it a Call it experimental. That way we can use anything we want because it's experimental. And essentially use the entire world's public to do a blind test on various adjuvants. There may be more than one or two different ones used in different areas. You may have the aluminum, normal aluminum uh, aluminum hydroxide in California, for example, and then they may use the MF uh, stuff from Novartis, uh, MF59 in Nevada. And so then they see how many people drop dead. And, oops, well, maybe that wasn't a good idea. Who knows? I mean, as far as I can tell, this is a giant way to bypass, to do an end run on the FDA's kind of stubbornness about using these experimental adjuvants. If you want some some real news reporting on this, uh, there will be some links in the show notes. Here's one from the Wall Street Journal uh, titled, Swine Flu Vaccination Production Hits a Snag. Um, and it says right here, swine flu vaccine is proving difficult to manufacture because the virus is used to make the shots aren't yielding a large amount of active ingredient. That's according to the two large vaccine makers. Uh, their comments echoed similar statements from the World Health Organization earlier this week. means that millions of vaccine doses ordered by many governments could arrive later than expected, but they're going to be adding adjuvants to, um, uh, to beef them up. That's the hamburger helper theory. Um, in addition to that, let me see. Oh, this was kind of interesting. CNN reports that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt might not have died from uh, polio-related diseases, but uh, from Guillain-Barr syndrome. Not Gillian. It, it is Gillian. Guillain. Guillain. A Gilligan's Island Bar syndrome. That's better. Guillain Barr. Yeah. Guillain. And... Um, so there is some real reporting going on about this, but it's being completely snowed under. And, and, here, and here's how it's working. So if I can just step back for a second. First of all, I believe most people who are part of this evil, evil, evil plan are in it for the money. So I don't think everyone's out to kill us. But uh, obviously the pharma companies, like, you know, all of their drugs are running out of patent. They've got to come up with something. These are multi-billion dollar contracts. A lot of it was pre-sold. I've looked at all of the uh, big pharma uh, reports, their annual reports. In the 2008 reports, they're all saying, hey, we've got, you know, our pipeline is filled up with billions of dollars in revenue for, uh, they literally say, swine flu vaccine like they knew it in 2008. Um, you know, this is a big, 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 big money maker. And of course, you know, the FDA and everyone's all in each other's pockets. So there's money flowing everywhere. Um, uh, the World Health Organization is what really scares me, though. They came out with, uh, actually, they only did it on their website. They didn't even send out a press release. Uh, they quietly announced on Thursday that it would stop tracking swine flu cases and deaths around the world, uh, which is perplexed. The experts, but of course, the reason they have to do this is because no one's they're actually not dying. Death there's count. Not, yeah, there's not a high enough number of people dying from swine flu. Um, so, you know, clearly they don't want that information. You know, for someone to like actually count the numbers, someone who might work at, for instance, oh, say the New York fucking Times, who would actually write something that says this is bullshit. You're being hoodwinked. <laughs> so that's you know, so they're taking away all the data so that we can't actually track it. 
And now they're creating this hype, and we see this happen in every single country around Gitmo Nation. And I've seen it happen in Germany, seen it happen in Austria, seen it happen in the Netherlands. Belgium, interestingly enough, not. But, of course, that's where the European Parliament sits. So they're like, yeah, we, ain't, we ain't taking no shots. Um, they're, they're creating a hype saying who should go first. And, and this is the discussion now. Which group is most at risk? Who should get their shot first? So now people are like, oh, I want to be in the, fr- you know, I want to be in the first batch. And now there's not enough. And, you know, we're going to die if we don't get the shot. So it's a complete social engineering project, which is working really, really well. Yeah, have your doctor, uh, people out there, if you don't want to get these shots, uh, have them give you a prescription for Relenza. Uh, and just have it around the house. Have one for everybody in the family. And then if something happens, if somebody gets the flu, you use the Relenza, and that's the end of it. Well, or that's Tamiflu not the end of it, John. Works by, the way, by the way, the Tamiflu-resistant uh, uh, strain, supposedly, that came and went, I believe, because it was in China, there happens to be now a lot of counterfeit Tamiflu. Mm, yeah, there is and a I lot believe it was a counterfeit batch. Well, so but here's the problem, John, is the issue of forced vaccinations. And it turns out that any member of the World Health Organization has to adhere to their constitution, I think they even call it. And of course, the United States is a member of the World Health Organization and the WHO is allowed to make a call for forced vaccinations and all these countries, irrespective of their individual constitutional rights, are supposed to adhere to this. So if they do say, hey, forced vaccinations, you've got to have it, I believe the first thing they're going to do is they're going to not allow your kid to go back to school in September. They're going to say, if your kid hasn't had a swine flu shot, no school for you! So that, of course, is you know where they start. Um, then they're setting up in multiple countries, they're setting up vaccination centers, which will obfuscate the whole idea of getting a note from your doctor, from a friendly doctor, obviously. You know, I can draw this so, so much further, all the way right into what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Hey, you don't take your shot? Boom, we just turn off your phone. You don't take your shot? Boom, we just turn, <laughs> turn off your off credit your card. We're just, they're just going to force you to do it. So what I'd rather focus on, and I made a call out on Twitter um, uh, on Friday, is there anything, and of course I, I kind of know the answer since we don't even know what the frick these adjuvants are or how they work, but is there anything we can take to render the, the effects of the adjuvant, because the flu itself, I've had it, I had swine flu. If I had called my doctor and had it diagnosed over the phone, he would have said, yep, you got swine flu. I was, I was in California during the big scare, I was deathly ill. I wasn't throwing up or anything, but I, I had a bit of an upset stomach. I had huge, uh, you know, uh, coughing, sneezing, wheezing, uh, the whole nine yards. And I lived. I lived, okay? No big deal. But the adjuvant is what's going to kill you. So is there any compound? Is there anything no. we can take that will counteract the adjuvant process? You, you're still there? Dr. Dvorak? To the, uh, uh, of autism in the United States as opposed to mercury. Hold on, hold uh, on, John, been John, this- uh, back up a second. I, I, I miss what you just said. Back up one minute. Hello? 
Yeah. Okay, start again. My, my question was, is there anything we can... Yeah, aluminum hydroxide is what all is the adjuvant that's being used currently, and you could take chelating agents to get the aluminum out of your system if that has anything, it's going to mean anything. It's not. But it's these MF-59 and these other experimental adjuvants, and there's a crap load of them. And you start looking it up, it's almost like the big thing to be to be uh, uh, investing uh, intellectual time in. I mean, there's a whole... I mean, I've got a list of them here, actually, of all these experimental ones. Hemispheric. I mean, you don't, for one thing, you'll never know which one it is. Is it going to be hemispherics, amplogen, which is another one, uh, QS21, the yeah, stimulant the Q- QS20, adjuvant? QS21, I've heard about them using that. They're not going to use QS21. They're going to use it. The Novartis is it's going to be the Nova, Novaris product, the MF59. Okay. It's a witch's brew. You have all kinds of weird stuff. There's no way you could take something that's going to counteract it. Do you think it's possible maybe that marijuana would be uh, something that would counteract that? (laughs) Seriously, think about that for a second. Well, it can't can't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) At least you'll die happy. Oh, no. (laughs) A great... uh... Great YouTube video that I'll put in the show notes. You got to listen to this. This is pretty cool. This is from uh... the number of confirmed cases of swine flu has topped over a hundred thousand now, with the World Health Organization calling the pandemic unstoppable and suggesting mass vaccination. But are we actually fighting a man-made tragedy? Some are asking. Investigative journalist Matthew contributor Wayne Madsen's in Washington to tell us more about claims that the virus began life in. A... So this is uh, about how it was actually created in the lab. It's worth listening to for a minute. Lab. Uh, Mr. Madsen, afternoon to you. Now, the World Health Organization, we're hearing, is looking into claims that this virus could have been created in a lab, possibly in some sort of vaccine development that may have got out, may have gone wrong. What else do we know? What we know, of course, is um, that um, there have been uh, uh, laboratories, uh, especially at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, that uh, were involved in this, what I call the Jurassic Park development of this particular uh, flu. The uh, the 1918 uh, flu, called the Spanish flu, was extracted from the corpse of a dead Inuit woman who died of the disease in Brevig Mission, Alaska, a small Inuit village, uh, and it was recombined with uh, or, or combined with uh, uh, other forms of flu to create this particular uh, uh, AH1N1 that's uh, been declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization. Now, it's interesting to note that uh, a company called FluGen, which is associated with this research at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, is uh, now developing a vaccine. I think what we see with Baxter International, FluGen, and other companies uh, developing a vaccine when some of these companies were involved in in the research on this particular form of flu, people are a little bit skeptical about the profit motivation here. So, and, and I will point out that we actually discussed that story about a year ago about them digging up the Inuit body that had the 1918 Spanish flu. We talked about that specifically and we said that's not a good idea. And now, of course, now you can connect all the dots. You've got the uh, the research at Madison, Wisconsin, funded by Big Pharma, FluGen. You know, it's it, it, I, well, I understand you know, that we're so hypnotized these days by television and mainstream media that we don't we are in, we are immune to logic and reason. So, I just well, want to here's point the it thing: out. It, uh, you have to ask yourself: every flu that comes about comes out of Asia. 
because of the nature of their their agricultural system where they mix the cows and the pigs and the ducks and the chickens and uh, so these things kind of mutate amongst those animals how did this one come out of mexico i mean where does this where do, how does this thing somehow evolve out of mexico in the middle of the summer in a hot area like Mexico. I mean, the whole thing is a little fishy. At the very time, now, here's the, the, other thing at the very time the president was in Mexico, I might point out. Here's, here's what bothers me, is they, they say that they're trying to make enough of the uh, attenuated uh, virus so they can make these vaccines with or without the fancy adjectives. Adjuvants. <laughs> adjectives. Anyway, so... Uh, so the World Health Organization puts out this. They say they say we're not making enough. We can't get enough yield. You know, there's a yield problem. Sounds like the semiconductor industry. We have a yield problem, so we're going to tweak the virus. Did you read this? What do you mean you're going to tweak the virus? Are they going to make it better? <laughs> what does that mean? You tell me. What do you have a link for that? Do you have a source? I had it. That's what. That's the. And I realized that's the missing link that I sent you oh, that you okay. didn't get. No, you sent me something very different. Well, later I did, but I didn't. The, the one that I meant to send you was this thing where they're going to tweak the virus. They're going to tweak the virus. What do you mean you're going to tweak the virus? So, so that way, well, maybe we're not getting enough death here. We're not getting, the kill rate's too low. Let's tweak it and send it back out there, and maybe we can get some more. Uh, you know, I don't know. The whole thing is is a completely fishy. It's fishy. It's fishy. Well, if you believe in the in the whole Bilderberg group and the idea that there are eugenicists at work here, who, by the way, have a pretty decent idea, I hate to say it, but look, listen, let me be clear. The number one problem on Earth is people. We've got six and a half billion people. It's too many people. There's too many of us fuckers out there. So you have to get rid of them. War doesn't go fast enough. Uh, nuclear war is too dangerous because you'll kill you know people you don't intend to kill. So why not just kill the idiots who are going to stand in line and take a damn <laughs> flu shot? I mean, it it does kill make a lot of sense. It really does. So I got this one report that indicates some guy who's or woman actually goes on and on about the uh, MF fifty uh, nine, and they mention that the uh, military they think there may be some connection to uh, the anthrax vaccines uh, and um, Gulf syndrome and some of these adjuvants because the the military can they can give the military people any experimental drug they want yeah by and law so they they law. use them as a test testing ground constantly there right. There are thousands and thousands of stories of uh, military men and women being given experimental shots and dying. And there's no record of the shot they were given. There's no, no, no information. Just your son, your daughter is dead. Sorry, got something bad, died in the military hospital. Thousands of examples of this. Yeah. So the uh, – anyway, so this guy goes on and on about uh – how this this worry about the triple mix, which was an army designation in the late 1980s for a squalene, which is part of MF-59 emulsion adjuvant now sold by Corix under the commercial name Rebe Adjuvant System, or RAS scientists at Fort Detrick, which is always a bad thing to hear, began working with this emulsion vehicle in 1987. It goes on and on. I will get a I'll send a show note. This is one of these kind of loaded with information, paranoid freak kind of a memo that is always kind of interesting and non fort dietrich fort dietrich fort dietrich by the way in my while i was digging this stuff up looking for some connection to the uh to the um 
anthrax vaccine. Before you, before you, before you go there, John, because uh, that will take us a little bit off track. I just want to read a quick article from the Wall Street Journal, owned by Herr Rupert Murdoch. I might add. Yeah, what did Murdoch turn on us? <laughs> uh, written by Betsy McKay, Wall Street Journal. U.S. health officials are preparing intensely, intensively to combat an anticipated wave of outbreaks of the new H1N1 flu when children return to school and the pace of cases picks up. Uh, identified uh, by scientists just three months ago, the new swine flu virus, uh, according to the, y- the World Health Organization, has reached unprecedented speed. Rather than die down in the summer, as some experts initially expected, is continuing, blah, blah, blah. So this uh, article basically says that they, well, here it is, uh, and Shuchat, and Shuchat, we should Google her, Chief of Immunization and Respiratory Diseases at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said Friday the agency expects an increase in cases before the normal start of flu season mid-autumn because children are likely to spread it to one another once they go back to school. Uh, this is a setup to have your kids immunized if they even want to return to school. And I guarantee you this is, this is going to, we are, we've been consistently ahead of the news on this program. We have a whole month. Now all this crap that we're talking about happened in three short months, okay? So we have a whole month left, actually a month and a half, before your kids have to go back to school. And I guarantee you that there will be states, probably California, New Jersey, uh, those I know for sure, who will force your children to have a, uh, an anti or a, a swine flu vaccination for them to be allowed to return to school. And I say homeschooling is the best. <laughs> and homeschooling, which is almost illegal in California, is very difficult to do here. They don't want kids in California being homeschooled, period. Clinical trials are expected to begin later this month to test whether a vaccine developed to combat the virus is safe and effective. And the CDC is working with state and local public health authorities to figure out how to get as many as 600 million doses or two for every U.S. resident into people's arms. I love the the way the Wall Street Journal writes. Results of the trials aren't expected until early October, which means we have to have a whole bunch of people dead before it's proved to be effective. Um, I guarantee you this is what's happening. So if we can find out any, by the way, aluminum or aluminum is in all kinds of shit that enters your body. Do you know that that is the, the main active ingredient in deodorant, which of course you spray on your underarm, which is a very sensitive, uh, area of your body. It's also in Rolades. Rolades. Yeah. And it's also, uh, people who cook on aluminum cookware get a lot of aluminum in their system when they acidify anything and, in the pot. And it's uh, in chemtrails. <laughs> I just have to make sure we throw in something wacky, John. So the, when you see what you think are vapor trails by airplanes up in the sky, they're actually not 40,000 feet up where these vapor trails do occur, but they're more like a couple thousand feet up, sometimes even lower, and they're in crisscross formation, and these are being sprayed by aircraft. They contain all kinds of crap, uh, but mainly, right, okay. mainly aluminum or aluminum, as you say in Gitmo Nation West, and it's intended to, uh, to dumb you down, to make you ill, and uh, effectively to keep you in servitude of Big Brother. Service.org. 
or dot gov. Serve, serve dot serve gov. dot gov. Serve dot gov. So uh, let's go. I want to. What I want to mention here is not that, but the fact is, I don't think that anyone listening to the show really uh, kind of appreciates the fact that nobody in the mainstream media is talking about adjuvants and some of the controversy over them, or all the different ones and how they're you know what might be going on in the background, which I believe is still a massive just a public test to try to get something approved by the FDA. I don't think it's any more sinister than that, to be honest about it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is nobody's discussing any of the stuff that we discuss on this show. And I want to, I would like to tell people that we would really appreciate their support. And I want to mention the people from last the last week who gave us uh, their support in in the form of a uh, fifty, a hundred, or I might want to mention. I wish I had a little horn blast. We have a yet another night. Ah, lovely. Well, I, c- I can do a an alert thingy if, you, if that'll help. Our new knight is Kent uh, Zeiser from Clovis, New Mexico. Wow. And uh, he uh, gave us $1,000. Thank you very I, much, Kent. That, that's highly appreciated. Kent, you rock. Yeah. But let's look at some of the other people that came in uh, this week, which Joseph Fry. Uh, by the way, most of the people are from out of the country, which I find interesting. Joseph Fry out of Montreal, $54.46. Unfortunately, he sent us an email because that's an odd number that must mean something. But he gave it away in the oh. email. So it was, we, what's the point of guessing? Five, you four, want 54, four, six. What is it? It has to do with uh, uh, the amount of time Toots Maytal, uh, the reggae singer, spent in jail. <laughs> I'm glad he sent the email. <laughs> and 5446 apparently is used a lot in reggae music as a reference. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Who knew? And he's in Montreal. I mean, geez, I don't know. Uh, uh, Chasen uh, Rodilski in Saskatoon, by the way, he gave us uh, 100. And Thank you. It's C H A S E N. He sent me an email saying it's, it's pronounced like Jason, so it's Chasen, not Chasen. Mm-hmm. And he's in Saskatoon, which I understand is the Paris of of Canada. What does that mean? I don't know. Lots of people trans- say, "Oh, you got to go to Saskatoon. It's the Paris of Canada." <laughs> they have lots of sex- transsexual hookers. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, Chris Mackle. <laughs> Chris McElhatton, Australia, $50. Marcel Hijams, it's H-E-I-J-A-M-S from, uh, from Lonen, Netherlands. Is that how I pronounce it? H-E-I-J-A-M-S? Uh, Lonen. Wait, spell it again? His name is H-E-I-J-A-M-S. H-E-I-J... Spell it slower. H-E-I-J-A-M-S. Heimans. Okay, well, that's him. And he's in... <laughs> Netherlands. Chris yeah. McElhatton, by the way, is in Australia. Liam Hemmings is in Buckinghamshire in the UK. He's $50. Brian Curry, no relation, I don't think. Well, not that we know of. $50 from British Columbia. Wow, we, it's, it's a lot from Canada. You know, the, the, our, our Canadian brethren are really helping us out. Yeah, they are, actually. We get a lot of Canadian help. Uh, Ander Omai from Greve, Denmark, fifty fifty. $50.50. And then we finally got some Americans, uh, Frank Davis in Florence, South Carolina. And Johnny Green gave us another $50, and he's in Greenwood, South Carolina. So if it's South Carolina, I'm not Is, sure. Isn't Johnny Green the guy who wants to do the T-shirts that we keep yes, forgetting Johnny to Green, approve? Can we just approve these T-shirts and just get them out there? We'll do it this week. Okay. And Justin Fiore in Atlanta. Uh, fifty. So we have. So the only people giving us any substantial money. I mean, there's a lot of subscribers from everywhere. But are people from Canada, uh, the Scandinavian Nordic countries, 
and it's deep south of the USA. Well, it's we obvi- don't get anything it, from New York. No, it's obvious, John, because those people are already completely assimilated. They are completely on board with the program. They're already standing in line outside the vaccination center ready to take their two shots to the arm. They're so ready for it. So go to uh, Dvorak.org slash NA or noagenda.squarespace.com. Com and and help us out with this, and we do want to th- uh, thank our uh, web developer for the Squarespace site, who I wrote his name down. <laughs> oh God, don't tell me you forgot already. Well, you're looking no, for I, that. I if, if, if you think we're crazy and you'd like to learn more about the swine flu, there will be an international swine flu conference being held August 19th and 20th with a workshop on the 21st, and I'd just like to read for you a little bit of the agenda. Um, they have breakout sessions between three and five. Breakout session number one is mass fatality management planning. Uh, <laughs> well, this is rich. You got to, you have a link to this, I hope. Oh yeah, here I'm going to send it to you right now because you you you'll want to read this with me. Hold on, this is it's beautiful. There you go. Um, breakout session number two: psychological issues. Uh, breakout four, continuate, continuity of operations. That's COOP. That is uh, con- continuity of government planning. All breakout right. five, emergency management services, law enforcement agencies, first responders. I mean, they, they're setting this up like we are all going to die. And, and from 10 to 10.30 is a coffee break. <laughs> Where's the epidemiology on this? Where's the, where are the people dropping like flies? This is bull. Let me just see where well, this. Of course, thing- they're tweaking the virus, so that could change yeah. things. Where's this thing being held? Hold on a second. Uh, anyway, I, I want to thank Barry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry, it's Barry B E R R Y N I E S K E N S, who's our web guy. I'm sorry, Barry, we haven't been plugging you. Uh, there you go. And I want to also, by the way, not to stop begging for money for one more minute. Uh, I want to mention that I would like to find someone out there who likes to do charts. I need somebody because I want to do some custom charts that 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 push one you know axis about you know some number of people dying. Shit! This this website keeps popping up a video. I'm sorry. Hey, there are speaking opportunities at this conference, John. Should we sign up? Yeah, let's see if we can get in. <laughs> Under the, this is all bullshit. <laughs> They've got a brochure. Let's see. Contact us. What can we? What can we find under contact us? Uh, oh, it's in Washington D.C. Of course, and it's sponsored by Healthview, Luminex, Prefens Botan- Botanicals, Paul Boyer Technologies. It's, it's pharma. It's so pharma. How about- what is this? The session at nine forty-five. It says current scientific advances of H one N one virus. What does we've, that mean? We've tweaked it to make it even better. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyway, homework, 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 homework. I, what can we did do? I, did I co- mention I need a chart guy? A guy who likes to do charts. Yes, a chart guy. Okay. Uh, thank you very much to people like uh, Fabrice who. Uh, have been working on the RFID frequencies. We'll probably get to that in a later show, um, trying to figure out if uh, indeed um, the uh, – and this is happening worldwide, by the way, not just in Gitmo Nation West, where analog television signals are being turned off. The uh, the thinking is that it, uh, it's freeing up spectrum for um, uh, RFID so that uh, w- you can be tracked. Uh, thanks to Ben, whose last name I should not mention, who uh, works for the GE in their nuclear division. 
gave us a whole bunch of internal links and information. We'll get back to that uh, in a later show as well, I'm sure. Uh, you guys are really doing a great job at, at sending us uh, good, good information. And, of course, the Monsanto stuff does not stop. Uh, we have our, uh, I think it's our Russian friend, Alex, who sends us uh, the inside dirt on the exchanges of commodities. And uh, July wheat, I might add, a member of Monsanto has now been given the uh, the go-ahead to create genetically modified wheat for the United States. Uh, yeah. the, the July wheat futures up six dollars. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I soybeans see. up ten dollars. Ten dollars. That's a lot for a futures contract. Yeah. So. Um, I posted on the blog dvorak.org slash blog the uh, the world according to Monsanto a clip I, oh, I found finally found one copy of it online that you can watch if you want to watch it on the blog or if you read through the comments somebody has a link to an HD version of it which is somebody I guess put up somewhere you just might want to not that it's you should buy it if you can find it but it's a great documentary. And uh, I still want to go see it, but Food, Inc., uh, I'm hearing rave reviews about it. That's in selected theaters, I believe, now. Yeah, very few selected theaters. (laughs) And becoming fewer every day. Uh, So, again, uh, homework. Uh, Let's work on adjuvants. I know we have a lot of really smart people out there who, uh, who can help us. Uh, is there something natural or synthetic that we can take to combat the uh, the activity of adjuvants, which will start killing our teenagers first? John and I both have one. We kind of love them, so we want to hold on to them. Maybe you have some kids you love. Um, that would be the number one uh, piece of homework, I would say. And uh, Have you seen this video floating around uh, as well about this bus that some guy shot uh, driving on the highway? It was the, uh, oh, shit, and no, I forget what the actual, it was like the, it didn't actually say swine flu uh, bus, but it, it was the, the swine flu bus. Let me see if I can find it. It was. Well, uh, well you're looking, you know, we, I should also plug the blog one more time because I have a picture somebody took in Italy of a swine flu uh, ambulance. Somebody had painted oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, ambulance yeah. that looks like a giant pig. Yeah. No, this is the, the mass evacuation bus. That's what it was, John. Have you seen this one? No, I haven't. You oh my send me God! Oh, yeah, hold That's on. Bloggable. It'll it'll be in the. Uh, it was put up a couple of days ago. It was. Um, yeah, I'll put that in the. Uh, here it comes in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's this bus here. I'm driving right now. Arm goes 1984 here with you on Monday. I'm just going to wait for the for the video to get a little closer. So the guy's driving on the highway. He's this huge, beautiful bus with no windows. Uh, except for the emergency exit at the back. It's it's a huge white bus. It's from the EMS, a medical mer- uh, emergency medical services, and he's cruising by it, and it says on the side, I can see it right now, mass evacuation bus. Hold on. You've got to, t- you've, you've got to take a look at this, man. I mean, Send me the link. I don't have it. There it is. You've got the link now. Mass evacuation Take Take bus. a look at this right now. Wow. It looks official. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like That's not a cheap piece of gear I'm looking no, at. No, that's like a million dollar bus. Yeah. Look at that thing. Oh, that's got it. I'll, I'll put it on the blog. Mass evacuation bus. Gotta and Barry it. will put it on the uh, noagenda.squarespace.com site. Um, Mass evacuation bus. It looks like a... Pri- you know what it is? It's, it's actually a prisoner's bus. Yeah. And all the windows are blacked out, and it's... Uh, but it's 
This is this is a nasty looking bus. My lighter's empty, finally. So we're trying to get you a silent lighter, but nobody seems to be coming up with one. Shit. It's busted. Good. Uh, all right. Should we go out to dinner this week, John, so we can have a proper restaurant review? Or do we just uh, do more? Yeah, we can give it a shot. We'll just do more swine flu on Thursday. Well, I don't want to keep harping on this. I think we made our point. I'm sure something crappy will... Yeah, well, something probably. crappy will crop up that we'll have. I just to want to remind about. everybody to go to dvorak.org slash na and help us out. We need to keep these donations coming in. We're it's it's you know still a little below what we'd like. Coming, Although I want to definitely right. thank our knights. Yes, coming to you from the minimum security prison in an undisclosed loft location in the Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. I'm Adam Curry, and from Silicon Valley North, the. Uh, warmest part of the Bay Area currently. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.